The following podcast is brought to you by Crosswinds Golf and Country Club in Burlington. When it comes to public golf courses in Ontario, nobody beats Crosswinds. Nobody. <laughs> Million dollar, sorry. Million dollar views of the Niagara Escarpments featuring Rattlesnake Point and Mount Nemo. Tremendous customer service and, of course, 18 holes of championship golf on a course that's so pristine, you won't believe your eyes. From the time you drive through the gates, you'll be treated like a member of a private club, even though Crosswinds is public. Grab a bite at Bevy out on the patio after your round. Enjoy the splendor and beauty of Crosswinds. I'll be playing there twice. No, wait, three times next week. Wow. I missed it. I was away last week. Uh, you should go too. Seriously, check out crosswindsgolf.com. Book your tea time online. And don't forget to tell them that Hebsy sent you. Now, Mike, let's begin the podcast. Live from Toronto, it's Hebsey on Sports, episode number 250. Woo. Hi there, sports fans. Mark Hebsher here. How big a number is 250? Uh, it's not. It's not a big number at all. But we're pretending to be breathing rarefied air today <laughs> in Little Italy. We're pretending that 250 is a big deal. We're pretending there's going to be a big ticker tape parade for our 250th anniversary, uh, birthday, uh, 250th whatever it is baby it's 250 come on remember remember the first time that you hit 250 mike 250 for a highball and a buck and a half for a beer good now we're here to celebrate and uh of course with us uh, alongside a man who is closing in on 1000 episodes of his own from the mothership in new toronto it's podcasting maven toronto <laughs> mike hey now today on the show Oh, oh, sorry. I was doing my Hank, already sort of sad hello. My Hank Kingsley. I'm not used to you saying hello so early in the intro. Well, get used to it. 250 <laughs> more at least. We've got we have a contract at least for that. So you're stuck with me for another few years. <laughs> Today on the show, a review of my trip to the Kawarthas, where I stayed around the corner from Roger Nielsen Way and the Peterborough Memorial. Peterborough, listen to me. Peterborough Memorial Center, home of Steve Eiserman. Bob Ganey, Doug Jarvis, Larry Murphy, the late Steve Chason, Ron Tugnut, Mike Ricci. If I forgot you, I'm sorry. The Peterborough Peets, one of the great franchises in all of uh, amateur sport. I'll tell you the story of a young boy who dreamed of doing play-by-play for the Toronto Maple Leafs. A boy who once worked for Roger Nielsen and then covered Nielsen when he coached the Leafs. It's a great story. It's worthy of a 250th episode. <laughs> the latest from the Blue Jays, who got a huge boost from the Yankees, who choked and gagged in Baltimore last night and snatched defeat from the jaws of victory in the ninth inning. Oh, it was beautiful to watch. Oh, there's nothing like a Yankee meltdown. Ooh, it felt as good as the time that Vladdy took a roll as Chapman out of the ballpark. Exit Velo 119, I think. Hey, by the way, is Vladdy back in the MVP conversation now that Otani is injured? I mean, it was he was a lock. Hmm, maybe there's a little opening for Vladdy there. He's got to win the Triple Crown, though, to do it. Does Charlie Montoyo have a shot at manager of the year? Of course he does. Is Charlie Montoyo a good manager? Hell no. Manager of the year doesn't mean shit. Ask Paul Molitor. Ask Jeff Bannister. Ask any NHL coach who won the Jack Adams Award and found himself out of a job a year or so later. Manager of the year is kiss of the death. Kiss of... It's the kiss of death. Man, it's been a long week. Mike, help me out here. How are you doing? How are you doing? Hebsy, so much ground to cover today. Uh, I'm going to try to find the right time to sprinkle in these hot questions that the listenership has for you. But how the heck are you doing? I know you... uh, There's no time limit to this show, by the way. I I know other shows you do, and you do many, have sort of this time frame. When we're finished talking about what we want to finish talking about, we'll end the show. It's, if it's, someone doesn't want to listen anymore, they can stop it, listen again, later, whatever. But don't give me this time thing. I went through it for many years when I worked in television. Hurry it up. Hurry. Hurry. You've got 20 seconds. Come on. You've got to get this and that in. I had a producer who was in my ear one time. Every time. Speed it up. Speed it up. I get that. How fast can I read? How fast? Can, the highlights are only going so fast. How can I speed it up? Tell the tape operator to speed it up. 
I've never, ever, ever told you to speed it up. That's for sure. But I do want to congratulate well, you. You kind of are. <laughs> well, you know, I don't I mean, know if I have time Let's try to keep it this. under two hours. That's all I ask. I want to congratulate you on uh, 250. Uh, trust me. I know my ears to the ground. You know how how few, uh, how many, uh, how few, how many few? What am I trying to say? There's very few podcasts that make it to episode you know, 25, let alone 250. You should be very proud of yourself. Mike, thank you. But 250 was an average number of shows to do every year when I worked in sports. Television, for sure. This sports line. Five nights a week, pretty much 50 weeks a year. You know, a couple weeks for vacation. How many people worked on that show? Oh, uh, well, besides me and Jim, we would have had uh, a producer. Jim was the executive producer. I guess. But you so, had cameramen um, and sound people and editors. Oh, of course. So the whole, oh, if you include the whole crew. Yeah, the whole like, crew. But the, like the same crew would have done the news at 11 o'clock and then turn their cameras around, literally turn their cameras around to face our set on Sportsline at 1130 live. It was all live television, remember? Right. And so the crew would have consisted of when we started, we had three camera persons, not cameramen, three camera persons. Right. And let me tell you something else global from a diversity standpoint. I, I mean, I think anyway, there were many, many women in higher positions there, executive positions in news and such, and also manning camera. Oops, not manning cameras, handling cameras, audio, auto cue, directing, um, you know, Chiron operator, all that makeup tape operator. Was there a hairstylist? Yep. <laughs> So, like, what are we talking? 20 people would have a, a, a do something to make uh, Sportsline hit the air? I'd say more. Okay, so so the reason it's very different, this animal is, how many people touch any part of Hebsey on Sports to make 250 one. episodes? Well, two. Well, me at this end and you at that end. Okay, yeah, that's two. Like, one plus one equals, <laughs> I mean, one. I got you. <laughs> so, I two. So you might have 30 people working on Sportsline and you're pumping out all these episodes. There are two human beings who have anything to do, well... You know, in addition to our our wonderful sponsors at Crossroads, well, they can't. You can't. You can't include the crew because that crew would have been on shift to do whatever shows still they were responsible for. You, you got to include the crew because they're still required to put Sportsline on the air. You're right. That's very. <laughs> I know. I'm right. Once in a while, like a, a blind squirrel finding a nut. But that's 30 people maybe on Sportsline. There are two human beings putting these 250 episodes together. So I just want to pat you on the back and say, uh, well done. Because last week when we were in the backyard, uh, mm. the feedback I got, I mean, even now on your YouTube channel, which where people can watch us live every Friday at 9.20 a.m., the people, you were on fire. You sounded great, energized. This, I'm not saying this will be a letdown, episode 250, but uh, you know, I do miss seeing you in person. It was lovely. But you saw someone else, uh, and again, if I'm jumping the ship here, you tell me, but you, you saw another great, uh, a great host of sports broadcasting uh, last week. In addition well, let's, to not, let's not say another, because now you're, you're suggesting that that person would be, the their status would be as high as mine was in my prime. No, mine. Oh, yours. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> we, uh, I was up in Peterborough, up in the Kawarthas for a few days. Uh, I love playing golf up there. I got some friends up there. Pete Dalladay is a buddy of mine up there. Big radio star on Fresh FM. Morning Man does the Peterborough Lakers lacrosse. Peterborough Pete's hockey. Um, his dad was a big star, Gary Dalladay, the Diller. Very famous in uh, Peterborough. If anybody ever had a cottage up in the Kawarthas, and the only channel you could get was Checks in Peterborough on Rabbit Ears. Mm. Uh, Checks TV was the place like Gary Dalladay did the sports and, you know, he'd give you the Blue Jays stuff and whatever. Anyway, so we were up there for a while and we played three gorgeous golf clubs. We played the Peterborough Golf and Country Club. We played Wildfire Golf and Country Club. Okay. And we played uh, another Stanley Thompson course, Kawartha Golf and Country Club. And uh, the first day we played, we played with the great... Dan O'Toole. Whoa. Yeah. How's he he's doing? He's from up there. He lives up there. Yeah, he lives, lives in Orno. That's right. And Orno's not far from Peterborough. No. I mean, well, how's 30, Dan, everybody needs to know. Minutes. This is the big thing. Uh, how the hell yeah. is our buddy Dan O'Toole doing? Yeah. Well, he's still looking for golf balls now as we speak. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's found his ball. <laughs> I posted a picture today of, of um, a shot of Dan. It's a, it's, a, it's a long shot. It's him with his golf cart. Um, that he was sharing with Pete Dalladay that day. 
And uh, Pete had sort of said, you know, go find your ball. And he hit a ball that went off a tree and then he found the ball and then he hit it again. It went off a different tree and bounced sort of sideways and almost killed himself. The ricochet of his golf ball, the ball came back towards him. It was quite funny, actually. No, Dan can hit it, man. We had a good time, you know, a fun, fun time. But here's the thing. You know, I got like five hours worth of Dan O'Toole. Right. And I got zero out of Jay Onray because <laughs> I, I watch him on TV, but not the personal connection. So this afternoon for lunch today in, in like a couple of hours, wow. I'm having lunch with Jay Onray. Oh, my God. Look at you. Because I got to, I have to have both. I can't just have the one side of the Jay and Dan experience. I got to have both. <laughs> and then next week, I'm working on uh, Tim and Sid, <laughs> right? See if I can, you know, have lunch or golf or both, that kind of a thing. Wow. Um, yeah. And then I'll be doing uh, Bob Cole and Harry Neal in a few weeks. Wow. I'll be, you know, as many, all the duos that I love. Bert and Ernie. If I can't, yeah, Bert and Ernie for sure. Uh, Ron and Don. Wow. The idea, of course, would be would be great to get two people together, famous people together that were a famous duo, to get them together and right. have lunch and chat and maybe do, not a show, but it would be interesting to hear their comments years later. Now, the funny thing is, Mike, I know that you've been trying to get me and Jim Taddy together right. to talk about the good old days right. and stuff like that. Right. But you've been unsuccessful. Correct. But... I have a dilemma here and I have to discuss this with you is that another podcaster has managed to secure Jim Taddy as a guest and had asked me uh, if, if I would come on his show. And my initial reaction was, I can't do it, man, because like, you know, Mike and I have a relationship here and you know, it would be better if Mike did that show that, you know, sports line reunion or whatever else. But but here's the thing. Yeah, this guy's a friend of mine too. His name's Joe Tilly. Oh yeah, no. Wait, listen, sportscaster for know, many years. Here's my question: Does Jim Taddy know that you're going to be on this episode? I don't know because that's the thing. Joe. I didn't ask. I didn't I want to blindside. I think I, I could have done this if I blindsided Jim, but I didn't want to blindside Jim. I don't. Well, here's the difference. See, Joe Tilly wouldn't do that. He wouldn't blindside Jim. I think he has a similar relationship. I don't. I don't know for sure. But you have nothing to worry about. You, you, your reputation isn't uh, as a longtime television sportscaster, right? You right. could pull something like that up. The worst thing that could happen would be Jim said, I'll never speak to you again. But you never really had a relationship with him in the first place. Right, right, right. There right. you go. Anyway. So obviously, so, uh, anyway, for the record, I bless this connect because uh, I, I can't it. get Jim to do my show. I delayed so. it and I delayed it. And then finally, Joe said to me, listen, man, you know, I think the listeners would want to hear it. And so I didn't want to get in the middle of your negotiations with Jim Taddy to get him on the show with me to do one of those deep, deep, deep dives. Joe's show really isn't like that. Well, let me ask you this. How many times, if you wanted a guest on your program and you, how many times would you hear the word no thank you before you stopped asking? Oh, I, once. Yeah, right. So like I haven't asked See him ya. in years because I got the second right. no thank I did, and it's over years, but I asked him, so two no thank yous. Like I know when to like, just leave the guy alone. He doesn't well, want to wait do a second. Of my, yeah. After the first no thank you, was there an opening? Was there a crack? Was there a scintilla of hope? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you leave the conversation with, well, perhaps we can, there was maybe a little hope. The, it wasn't a, it maybe was, down the road we can revisit this. Yeah, there was a sliver of maybe sliver. one day, but not now. And then I, I saw what happened was I saw on the social media that you and Jim Taddy had golf uh, golf together. So I asked yeah. him now, like, hey, maybe things have warmed up. How about it? And he, I got another no, thank you. So now it's been a, it's been a couple of years since I bothered Jim about this because Jim knows how to reach me. And uh, if the man doesn't want to do Toronto Mike, I'm not going to make him. I'm not going to beg him to do it. So I say Joe Tilly, one of the nicest guys. Yeah, I do. Tell On Joe Tilly's show, I want you to beg him because the numbers for the Jim Taddy, Mark Hebshire reunion on Toronto Mike are going to be uh, enormous. Yeah, but can you take those numbers to a sponsor and say, you know, we, we need to make some money here. I mean, it's a one-off. I think you should keep trying. Okay. But I think that after <laughs> we do the Joe Tilly podcast, yeah. I think that door will be open a little bit more. The gym will be more amenable. Maybe I need all three of you on the show. I'll just circumvent Maybe. Jim and get all of you guys on. Why not? That'd be a good one. <laughs> oh, there's, Dan a, there's a sports media roundtable for you. I don't. I know you can't talk out of 
you know, tell tales out of school, as Norm Macdonald would say, the late great. But um, the uh, Dan O'Toole discussions, did you did you hear on the golf course the real talk, as we say? Did you get yeah. the, okay. And I, I take it he asked you to keep it on the uh, the QT, on the down low? No. Like, what can you tell no, us he, about he Dan's, uh, like, is Dan still, is he still upset about it all, or has it all worked out? He's being paid for quite a while longer, so knowing that, he can't say anything. Once he's not being paid anymore by Bell Media, then I'm sure he can talk. Unless he has to decide sign a, a, a non-disclosure agreement. Wow. I, I don't know, but... But he's well? Like, like he's, uh, he's, he's... Oh, he's healthy. Hits yeah. the ball a mile. Okay, good. Doesn't always know where it's going, good. but hits the ball a mile. Good stuff. <clears throat> and uh, he's enjoying life with his children in, in Omimi or... Oh, oh, where is it? <laughs> Orno. Orno. That's right. Oh, Mimi's where Neil Young is from. Yeah. Actually, Neil Young just bought a place on Buckhorn Lake. Neil Young's yeah. a golfer. Yeah. You know. Uh, mm. Okay. I didn't know that, but you know I knew that? he was, uh, I knew he was in Ontario right now. He just bought a place on Buckhorn Lake. I the think Freddie I P. People we've golfed with. Yeah. Like have the island next to Neil Young's island. Yeah. Yeah. This is all near where, uh, yeah. Go ahead. Neil Young will play very loud music uh. <clears throat> that travel, across, <clears throat> excuse me, travels across the water at quite the, Speed of sound, I guess you could say. <laughs> <clears throat> That's the story of Neil Young on Buckhorn Lake. Long may he run. Lower Buckhorn. Okay, so the Blue Jays begin a weekend series of the Minnesota Twins tonight at the Dome with every game, every inning, every pitch becoming more and more important as mm-hmm. three teams battle for the two wildcard spots available in the American League. The Jays are 82-64 and 64 and hold the home field advantage over the uh, Red Sox, who are 83-65. and 65. And the Yankees, who are 82 and 65. And Oakland and Seattle just watching at this point, really. They're three and four games back, respectively. They got to do some serious jumping over to get into this race. And so this weekend, it's Toronto versus Minnesota at the Dome. The Yankees play host to Cleveland. The Red Sox host Baltimore. Excuse me. Now, the Orioles have been a huge pain in the ass as they attempt to play the spoiler role every night. And I know teams that love this. They let no pressure on them at all. Knocking off a team like the Yankees or the Red Sox or the Blue Jays is akin to winning the World Series to these sad sack teams, these teams who have been out of the race since April, right? Whose fans are doing a great job being disguised as empty seats. (laughs) And really, there's some really bad teams that long time ago gave up on any hope of making the playoffs. And these are the teams that played the spoilers. These are the teams like the Orioles, who, by the way, had their grounds crew kicked out of a game by the umpires this week in one of the great ejections of all time. The (laughs) Orioles stunned the Yankees last night in rainy Baltimore and beat them 3-2 in the 10th inning, doing the Jays and the Red Sox a huge favor. Now, the Yankees led 2-1 entering the bottom of the ninth. Stop me if you've heard this before. Yankees lead entering the bottom of the ninth. What are the chances they're going to blow this lead? The Yankees! Like, never. In the Mariano Rivera years, never. In the Goose Gossage years, never. In the oldest Chapman years, sometimes could happen. And it did last night when the Yankees threw up all over themselves. Thanks to a pair of wild pitches from relief pitcher Clay Holmes in one of the worst displays of lead protection I have ever seen in all my years (laughs) watching the great game of baseball. With one out and the tying run at first base, Holmes wild pitches the runner to second. So now he's in scoring position. Is there any baseball announcer that doesn't say that, the obvious? When the runner goes to second, does he not go, no, he's in scoring position? As if I don't know what scoring position is. As if a chimpanzee wouldn't know, I know what scoring position is second base. Oh, my God. But they, they, it's sort of an automatic. They have to say it. Now he's at second base. He's in scoring position. Yeah. Anyway, so there's one out. Tying runs now at second base after this wild pitch. And then after a ground out, The runner's at third with two outs. And this guy, Holmes, gets two strikes on the hitter. And then he nearly throws one over Gary Sanchez's head, the catcher. Now, Sanchez might be the worst fielding catcher in all of baseball. He's only in there because of his bat, and he only hits about 210 anyway. But in the ninth inning, for this guy to be catching with the tying run at third, I'm nervous if I'm a Yankees fan. I'm shitting myself, especially since this guy, Holmes, can't find the plate. So he throws one like 101 over Sanchez's head, and Sanchez makes this great grab to, to prevent the wild pitch. 
And then two pitches later, he throws it even harder over his head, <clears throat> off his glove, wild pitch, tying run scores, and then the Orioles win it in the 10th inning. So here's the Yankees, the great New York Yankees from the great metropolitan city, blah, 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 New York City, Gotham City, who are crumbling in September. It's wonderful to see. I'm giddy <laughs> seeing the Yankees all those years. And not just recently, your father, <clears throat> your grandfather's years, all those years, DiMaggio, Ruth, Garrett, Mantle, Reggie Jackson, like, you know, on and on, Derek Jeter. The Yankees, never in September do they crumble. But this September, they're crumbling, and it's beautiful, beautiful to see. Wow. So tonight, the Blue Jays send 13-game winner Yun Jin Ryu to the mound against Michael Pineda of the Twins. And the MVP talk is resumed with regards to Vladimir Guerrero Jr. because Vladdy has a shot at the Triple Crown. And Triple Crown winners always, Mike, always end up being the MVP. But... They don't always pitch. <laughs> right. That's correct. Ted Williams. <clears throat> Is that a call for me? <laughs> That's Jim people Taddy. Know not to phone you. Yeah, it's Jim while... Taddy. Hold on. Jim Taddy call? Take Jim. Care. Yeah. Okay. No, I'll talk to him later. I'll talk to Jim later. <clears throat> yeah. Do we need to put a sign here? Please turn off your phone. I'm surprised you could hear that, games. actually, uh, with these mics. Okay. I'm very good ears. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, so listen to this. <clears throat> Triple Crown winners always end up being the MVP. But hitting 400 doesn't guarantee you an MVP award. Do you ever hear the story of Ted Williams? 1941, this guy hits 406. Right. right. No one's come close. Right. 1941, didn't win the MVP. Why? Some guy named DiMaggio hit in 56 consecutive games. Now, I, this is a rare, as rare a rare feat that in the same season, these two milestones could be reached, neither of which anyone has come close to equally right. in the same season it happened. It would be like saying, can you imagine if in the same season a guy pitched and hit <laughs> at the very top of both categories, the same year that another guy won the, won the triple crown award, <laughs> right? Who do you give the MVP to now? Vladdy's not going to win the triple crown because he's too many RBIs behind Sal Perez. In fact, Perez and he are tied for homers 45 and uh, Sal's got like 112 RBI and Glad he's only got 103. Right. But the difference is this. <laughs> the rest of the Blue Jay order that surrounds Vladdy is doing pretty well. Teoscar Hernandez also has 103 RBI. Marcus Simeon, 94 RBI. Bo Bichette, 93 RBI. Randall Grichik, 81 RBI. Lourdes Gurriel Jr., 80 RBI. A healthy George Springer would probably have 75 or 80 RBI if he could stay in the lineup. Who, what kind of teams have this? I, I haven't looked it up. I'm sure somebody's going to find it. But who has the record for like the most 100 RBI players in one season or 90 RBI players? It's crazy how many runs these guys are scoring. It's nuts. And so, like I said last time, like when just before the weekend began, and I said they would take three of four against Baltimore, and they did. Mm -hmm. And then I said they would sweep Tampa Bay, but I forgot who was pitching in that one game for Tampa Bay who shut us out. So they took two out of three. People do not want to face this baseball team. Will Vladdy win the MVP? Probably not. Does he deserve it? Sure, he's had an amazing season, especially for a 22-year-old. Unprecedented. Mm -hmm. And we have many years of great baseball to look forward to and smiles with this guy. But Shohei Otani is the prohibitive favorite, even though he's got a sore arm. He's not going to pitch tonight, and they say may not pitch the rest of the season. Why risk it? There's only, what, 15 games to go? Right. So what, three starts maybe? No, not worth it. If he's got a bad arm, shut him down. He's going to finish the season having a great record, ERA of like 330 or something like that. Tremendous. And we'll win the MVP because nobody, no singular player in the history of baseball has had a, a, an individual season like this guy. The only other thing he could possibly do would win a gold glove, but he doesn't play defense that, that often. But he could win it as a pitcher. So imagine you're a gold glove winning pitcher, great fielder, great pitcher, amazing hitter. Oh, Vladdy is only an amazing hitter and a pretty good fielder and getting better, but he can't pitch. Yeah, no doubt. Otani's got this locked up, even if he doesn't play again this season. But I do, He's a freak. He's a, it's absolutely. And he had it, I think he had it locked up at the All-Star game, actually. Like, I feel like it. it but he people had already... like to talk about it. Is there a chance? <laughs> and, and Vladdy yeah. is having 
Really, well, think about this. Vladdy leads the league in hits, yeah. runs scored, batting average. He's tied in home runs. He leads the league in on-base percentage, slugging percentage. I mean, that's remarkable. Has but Otani's a freak, and nobody in the history of the game has pitched and batted at such a high level over the course of the season. He will win the MVP. I don't know. I, I, hopefully, Vladdy doesn't have a clause in his contract that gives him another couple hundred grand if he wins the MVP. If so, he picked the wrong year to break out. <laughs> he should have waited a year. Right. And he might win it next year. Hebsey, I should have taken the effort to pull a clip from the uh, the episode we recorded the Friday morning that TMLX 8 happened. I think it was uh, August 27. If I pulled the clips, oh, you were so down. You were down on this team. You were down on Vladdy. You, you basically said this season was over, I think. You know, there's a few. Percent. I wasn't the only one. No, I don't. No, I mean, the, you want to pull my clip out, but you don't want to pull <laughs> the clips of any other people who have podcasts or media, what they were saying at the exact same time. I don't time judge you when for they this. were nine and a half games back of the Yankees. I don't judge you for this. I merely think it's just astronomical. It's so fantastic what happened for, to this oh, team over the last few weeks. Like, what a, what a run, what a sequence of events that now we feel like we're the front runners to win this uh, wild card. But, Mike, if you recall, I've been saying all along, this team has to go, because the Yankees had gone on a winning streak and the Red Sox, this team had to right. go on on a streak, not right. four in a row. Right. They had to win 10 in a row. They had to win 12 of 14. They had to win, you know, yeah. 16 of 20. And that's what they've done. Over a prolonged period, <clears throat> they've gained on the Yankees in Boston because of the fact that they put a real streak together. That's the one thing they hadn't done. Springer's in, Springer's out. This guy, But they've all come together at the absolute right time where they're all healthy. Their starting pitching is better than any other teams. And yeah, nobody wants to play this team, but that is a remarkable run, but they had to do it. Right. Unbelievable. They had to run off a huge streak. And Hebsey, man, you were also calling for Charlie Montoyo's head. Like you wanted him like gone yesterday. Uh, no, and now I there's said, no, I never, nope. You're okay, wrong. Clarify I said, everything. He's not going to were... be the manager next season. Okay. So you said, let him finish the string here. Well, I then... just said, listen, I mean, they're happy and they're winning. Yeah. Now, but no, when, once they started to lose, I didn't say you got to fire the manager. Nobody does that. Well, can you speak to this chatter I'm hearing here and there about uh, Charlie Montoyo being manager of the year? Well, let me put it this way for you. I never pay attention to manager. I don't know about you, but I never sit around with my friends and never have gone, geez, I wonder who the manager of the year is going to be. Because generally the manager of the year is the guy who took his team from a shitty season of the year before to a season better than anyone thought. Right, it's the it's a team that won eighty seven games one year and one hundred and four the next year. It's a team that was had fifty nine wins one year and then they were uh, a five hundred team. And in recent years, um, Jeff Bannister of Texas, ninety five and sixty seven the Rangers were in twenty sixteen. Remember what a good team they were. Remember they played the Blue Jays in the playoffs. Remember Mike? Yes, ninety five and sixty seven. He was the manager of the year. He got fired two years later. Right, you know. We loved you then, not so much now. And an even worse example, or better example, is Paul Molitor with the Twins. Mm -hmm. 2017, manager of the year, fired after the 2018 season. And who's manager of the year in 2019 in the American League? Rocco Baldelli of the Twins. <laughs> so winning manager of the year is the kiss of death. So I hope Charlie wins manager of the year. <laughs> Uh, and now that we're talking Jays, I think this is the appropriate time for me to ask the question I think all your listeners are, are thinking about right now. Uh, six, six or seven weeks ago, you broke the story on Hebsey on Sports that Buck Martinez was not, fully, was not vaccinated and did not intend to be vaccinated. And that's why Buck is not coming to Canada because he'd have to quarantine and all these rules. I don't even know if he's allowed in. But he's not here because he's not vaccinated. You broke the story. I shone a light on your uh, declaration, received a lot of pushback from like i think buck fanatics or whatever who wanted me to show them like some, some buck fanatics <laughs> there, there are buck fanatics out there but wait a second if you say that wrong it sounds a lot worse all right buck fanatics yeah i gotta be careful ah, buck fanatics <laughs> but then this past week steve simmons wrote in the toronto sun who that, <laughs> that buck martinez is not vaccinated and that's why he's not in canada calling games at the dome so all of a sudden i mean i had to have your back on this. I'm all over the place saying, you got to credit Hebsey with this scoop. Hebsey had this six weeks ago. We heard crickets for six weeks, and then suddenly a mainstream media uh, publication like the Toronto Sun uh, writes about it, and now it's news. Can you speak to this? What's that about? Yeah, I Steve Simmons had the story before me. 
He just sat on it for six or eight weeks, tested out the. But that's the a long waters. time to sit on it, isn't it? Isn't I'm, that a long I'm time? Being faci- I'm being oh, facetious. Okay, Mike. I couldn't tell. Sorry. I don't believe Steve Simmons was aware or cared about it. <laughs> he may have, but didn't pursue the story. And then after a while, you know, I guess somebody said, "Hey, Buck's still in Florida. It's kind of weird the way they're doing it." But you know what? Honest to God, if you think I'm sitting around waiting for a credit from fucking Steve Simmons. But isn't that the decent shit. thing to do? To say, oh, come on. Do I care? I heard Greg Brady give you credit on his uh, 640 morning show. He, he nice, mentioned the story I, and he said, again, as first, I don't, go ahead. I'm, I'm way past that. I don't care. It doesn't do me any good. You know, hey, they just credited you with, won't credit me with what? Do you think there are some people who did not believe Hebsey until they, they read it in a second source? Do you think, because it's, it's a bunch of people suddenly are like, were like, oh shit, Hebsey was right. But of course Hebsey care. was right. I don't care. Anybody that listens to this show knows me. Anybody that li- I don't think anyone that listened to this show stopped listening because I said that Buck Martinez wasn't vaccinated and didn't plan on being vaccinated. And do I have to back it up? No, it's up to you to prove me wrong. It's up to me to prove to you that I'm right. You can believe me or not believe me. And if you listen to this show or watch this show with any regularity, you know that I tell the truth. I don't tell stories out of school. I don't say... Or And if I did, I would say it's a rumor, right? And even then, I, I'm loathe to do that because the word rumor, right. scuttlebutt, right. means it's not true. And it hasn't been um, uh, confirmed. It, it means you don't trust your source if you think it's a rumor. Right. It's if, a you, rumor if you trusted right? your source, you'd say this is the That's fact. Right. Of the matter. And the other thing is always, who is your source? Now, when people start asking me, who's my, who's my source? How about me? Right. I'm the source. Right. I got the story, worked for it confirmed it have the source that's my story yeah you're my source i'm I'm gonna real reveal the source to you no because my source won't be my source anymore right and your source is on the inside and and you owe your source uh the anonymity yeah that's right or they won't be a source anymore for blowing nor will anyone else trust me and that's what it comes down to it's trust mike it's trust well if you don't trust me don't listen to the show the, but if you do, <clears throat> believe that what I'm telling you is the truth. Hebsey, a couple of quick things here. One is that the day you mm-hmm. made that declaration on Hebsey on Sports, which was the first I had heard of this, uh, I wrote about it on TorontoMike.com. That's, I won't write about it unless I trust the source. My, my source was Hebsey. I trust Hebsey. Okay, so that happened. And that's when, don't kid yourself, that's when all the journalists in this market who cover the Jays became aware of the story that day. So that's six I don't know, six, seven weeks ago. So why is it that it, like, I need to know? I asked you that. And I want to tell the listeners that after we recorded Hebsey on Sports in My Backyard last week, we then recorded uh, like 90 minutes all about Canadian sports media on the on the, the sports media roundtable on Toronto Mike, which people love, by the way. You were on fire for that episode. And I asked the same question then before the Simmons story came out. Why is the uh, mainstream media, if you will, why did they sit on this story for six or seven weeks? Like, what's that about? I can't answer that for you, Mike. I don't believe that anybody at Sportsnet would have pursued the story because that's a a Sportsnet internal issue, I guess. TSN, they don't cover much baseball. They kind of leave that to Rogers, but certainly I don't think Scott Mitchell, who's their baseball reporter, for example, or Steve Phillips, who's their expert, would have felt comfortable delving into this story. Maybe they didn't think it was that important. And in fact, really, it's not that important in the grand scheme of things. This is a baseball team that's going for a playoff spot. What happens with their broadcast crew is not really that important. It's not of any national importance. We're really going, what the heck's going on over there? Because they're doing a very good job of covering the game, according to a lot of people. Oh, I don't notice a difference. I couldn't tell you the buck wasn't there. Well, sure, we're used to hearing a nice mix of audio and announcer sound and making it appear as if the announcer is at the game. People are becoming very, very, very good at that. So much so that even radio crews aren't going on the road. Ben Wagner's not on the road. Joe Bowen and Jim Ralph will do every Leafs road game from home. Everyone. You don't think it's difficult. Man, it's tough enough when you're at the game to be able to swivel your head on a swivel. What's going on over there? What's at the bench? What's going on down there? Imagine trying to do that from monitors at home. A hockey game. That's tough, man. And the viewer and the listener are not being served. And so in this particular case here, not that many people are upset 
that Buck isn't in Toronto. They're perfectly happy when Dan and um, Pat Tabler are doing the games in Toronto. And on the road, it's like, uh, Buck's a disembodied voice anyway. We don't see him at the game, but he seems to know what he's doing, except he's a couple seconds behind the play. But all that stuff after a while, you, you just, you sort of take it. You, you don't, you're not listening, unless you're listening to other broadcasts and going, wow, they're good. How come we don't, how come the Jays announcers don't sound as good when they're doing the games? So but tonight, quite frankly, Mike, I don't know yeah. other broadcasts. I could listen and I'm not sure if they're at the game or not. Honest to God. But what about Unless the, I see them there. What about the example it sets for, uh, you know, Blue Jays fans? Like it, if, mm. it can't, it can't look good on Rogers that one of their, you know, a team uh, personalities uh, in front of the camera refuses to get the vaccination. Like that's got to be something that they're concerned with PR wise. If I told you that 25% of Rogers and TSN on air people aren't vaccinated, what would you say? I would be shocked at that number being so high. Okay. See, I don't know for a fact. I have no idea. But if we were allowed to ask and they had to answer as to whether they were vaccinated or not, I don't know. I have no idea. But but there's sports no sports teams, yeah. television announcers. You know, does their company have a mandate that you must be fully vaccinated to work there to enter the building? And if not, are you perfectly fine at home in your little studio, your hermetically sealed studio, unvaccinated, doing television or radio? I guess it's fine. But for Buck specifically, with Buck, uh, it does matter right because there's the it re- should matter but, but, but there's a border involved and buck would let's face it if buck was fully vaccinated he would be calling probably be calling the games of dan in person these 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 important games at the dome he'd be there in person instead of pat no Pro- no i don't think so i think if they were to send buck on the road in the united states where he's allowed to i guess go They're not crossing any international borders why wouldn't they when they why wouldn't they have sent him to new york or baltimore or Hop a flight. You and Pat, get over there. You guys are Americans. So Roger's being cheap. Because whether Buck's vaccinated or not vaccinated, he, they weren't going to be sending him on the road to games. But I mean, the games at the Dome. I give you an excuse, Mike. But, but games at the Dome, right? Like, it wouldn't be Pat and Dan. It would likely be, you know, Dan and Buck. If Buck Don't know that for could be at the Dome. But, okay. So probably. Do you not like the way Dan and Pat sound? I, no, you don't know. I have. I, I'm. Ex, I'm merely saying that this is not like a personal health decision that somebody's making. That it, it's actually affecting uh, this person's ability to do his job, which which would be, for example, yeah. being at the dome to call games. I with think Dan his Shulman. job is to be the color commentator. Buck's a color commentator. Buck and Dan are a great duo. Dan does play by play. The first to Buck. Buck's the color analyst. Sure. Now you get guys coming from the dark side. They were players. They were analysts. They're another play-by-play guy. You can't have it both ways. You're a play-by-play guy. You're a color guy. You can't be both. Trust me, I know. I know, Mike. I know. You know how I know? How do you know? Once upon a time, there was a young boy Mm -hmm. who loved sports so much, he would call play-by-play of road hockey games from his bedroom window. Who's this guy? Chicken pox. <laughs> His dream was to become the play-by-play broadcaster for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Dream. Ha! Good luck. A fantasy if there ever was one. How could this young boy from suburban Toronto ever get a chance to climb into the Maple Leaf Gardens gondola and call play-by-play of a Toronto Maple Leafs game? How could that possibly happen? Foster Hewitt, Bill Hewitt, those were his heroes. Right. Even Danny Gallivan from the Montreal Forum, heroes. A chance to sit up and watch the game and describe the action to viewers and listeners. What a great job. And when this young boy grew into a man and entered the broadcasting business, he came closer and closer to realizing his dream. He was on the air. And pretty soon, one night, Lady Luck struck in the form of Joe Bowen's ailing back. You see, Joe was the play-by-play man for the Maple Leafs on radio for many, many years. And this young man was his color commentator. After a very successful career in sports television, he was the color commentator, even though he had never played a game in the NHL or any other hockey league for that matter. 
He was the color analyst. He would have been the play-by-play man and was supposed to be originally, but there was a bit of a problem there, which we'll get into another time. And then one night in November of 1996, November 23rd, as a matter of fact, he felt a tap on his shoulder at Maple Leaf Gardens. It was Bob Stelic, the PR director for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And Stelic said, Joe Bowen hurt his back. You're doing play-by-play tonight on the radio. And so on that fateful day, with the Leafs hosting the Montreal Canadiens at Maple Leaf Gardens, yours truly, and young Andy Frost called the Leafs Canadiens game. The TV crew to finish up with their, uh, they're waiting for Bob Cole to get upstairs. That's it. Like I say, they're just delaying the start, which is okay. Doug Gilmore will start at center for the Maple Leafs. Wendell Clark on his left flank, Mike Craig on the right. Matthew Schneider and Dave Allen on the fence. It's Roshinsky, Domfus, and Bure. Kintal and Popovich, and we're set to go. Mark Fossett drops it, we're underway. Leafs and Canadians for the only time at Maple Leaf Gardens this year, and Versinski on the left-wing boards loses it. Gilmore in the center zone, now Schneider to Dave Ellen. Waiting and flipping one high, trying to get it past Popovich. Craig in the corner goes after it, takes a bump, and down he goes to Popovich. Gilmore takes it away from Versinski, centers it, but it's knocked away. Now Clark, near right circle, takes a shot that's deflected, now Craig at the side of the net. Here's Gilmore trying to get in front, can't get it to his stick. With a shot, it's blocked. And the Leafs right off the bat with a couple of good chances. Clark with a hit in the center zone, knocks down Roshinsky. Here come the Maple Leafs with Mike Craig. Right down the right wing, gives it to Gilmore. Back to Craig in the corner. Going around the net, centers the shot, he I got chills. That was well done, buddy. Amazing. That's the way play-by-play is supposed to be. That's the way I always envisioned it. The play-by-play called the play. And when the play was over, the color commentator would step in to recap what had just sort of happened. Right. Because I'm like frantic. We're back and forth and Craig and the slider. And then Andy Frost, there's, you know, the crowd roars. And then Andy's, all right. The Leafs was pressured. So-and-so scored and then the play-by-play guy comes back in to call the play-by-play. That was a very exciting night. And you got a goal um, and like, again, The story was in. that Joe had yeah. hurt his back. Right. I don't know if that's the truth or not. I never asked Joe about it. Right? It's sort of like, you know, I'm not coming into work today. What's the matter? I hurt my back. I mean, it could have been anything. Right? Sure. But I mean, who's going to ask? What do you mean you hurt your back? Prove it. Where's it? You got a doctor's note? So, you know, the next time I saw Joe, like, I don't know, a few days later, whenever the Leafs next game was, you know, how you doing? He's going, oh, fine. Okay. <laughs> I thought back you were going to say. Back on the plane, back in the gondola. <laughs> you took like a pipe to his back or something. And so- <laughs> <laughs> no, but imagine getting the tap on the shoulder. You're doing play-by-play tonight. And I loved hearing the Paul Morris call there, too. Uh, I always loved the way Paul Morris announced the, the goals at Maple Leaf Gardens. I was convinced that. They hired Paul Morris because he brought out the best in the acoustics of Maple Leaf Gardens. Nobody really knew how great the sound could be at Maple Leaf Gardens. But out of that PA system, and they improved on that over the years too. Sure. That's the, the sound of his voice, those pipes. And he's still with us. Uh, do you have any contact with Paul Morris at all? No, no, I don't, okay. unfortunately. So if I would have told you that the same young man had grown up to have his fantasy realized, his sports fantasy of doing play-by-play for the Leafs. And then, after that, remarkable career in sports broadcasting, would host 250 (laughs) sports podcasts and live to celebrate that feat. I'd have called you crazy out of your mind. 
that kid on Regis Drive calling road hockey games from his bedroom window. Folks, if I could do it, you can do it. But you're not going to do it because the broadcasting business isn't the same. You'll never have the chances that I had. You just won't. And that's unless when to grow on. You happen to be. How can I put this without hurting everyone's feelings? Uh-huh. Unless you happen to be in such a minority that your group has never been properly represented in sports television, you've got no chance. Is that your way of saying, like, if you're a straight white guy, don't even try? That's right. In golf, Mike, the PGA Tour is back after a 10-day hiatus. That's right. They took 10 days off from the end of last season to the start of this season. I mean, you should golf every day, right? That's what I want to do. Um, the Fortinet Championship is being played in, anybody? Napa, California. Former Canadian Open winner Chaz Reavy leads at 7-under. Canada's Adam Hadwin from BC is one back at minus six. Nick Taylor, Roger Sloan, 2-under. Tour newcomer, newcomer Adam Svensson from Surrey, BC, is also 2-under. Michael Gligick of Burlington. Taylor Pendrith of Richmond Hill, both at 1-under. By the way, Pendrith's sister, Jennifer Pendrith, is the Greens superintendent at Kawartha Golf Club, oh. where I played the other day. Wow. Small world. Beautiful shape. Gorgeous golf course. So that Pendrith family doing okay in the, in the golf. The women are playing the Cambia Portland Classic in Portland, Oregon. Brooke Henderson tied for 10th after an opening round of two under par. The leader is a young lady from Thailand whose name is very difficult to pronounce. So I won't even bother because I know I'll blow it and I'll hurt her feelings. And I don't want to do that. I, I looked at it four or five times. And I'm like, well, I could, I, I could not say this name. I admit it. <laughs> I'm a professional broadcaster. I could not pronounce that name. It's a tough name to pronounce, but not as tough as Giannis Antetokounmpo. <laughs> I'm going to be playing crosswinds a couple of times next week. Let me tell you, September golf is spectacular. It's the best. Weather's perfect. Look at that hat that Mike's got on there at the Crosswinds Golf and Country Club. The course is in magnificent shape. You've got to get out there and play this gem of a course. Nestled between Rattlesnake Point and Mount Nemo under the Niagara Escarpment. It is beautiful. Take your camera. Book your tee time online at crosswindsgolf.com. And tell them Hebsey sent you. Mike, you want to talk a little sports media? Yeah, in fact, some of your uh, listeners asked me to make sure I ask you about uh, the return of Cabby. The return to what? Well, to Canada. Like, didn't he go to El- Las Vegas or something? Like, he left Sportsnet, right? Went to Vegas, and now he's Not made... Sportsnet? What are you talking about? <laughs> are we talking about the same guy? Oh, TSN. Where he left TSN? I, f- I don't even know where Cabby was, to you be see, honest. You see, you don't even know... And you expect me to TSN, know. I know. But I guess I don't know either. I, I don't because know. Because it's not that big a deal. I mean, Cabby's a great guy. Cabby was my my assistant when I worked at the score. Wow. He's a wonderful guy. A, a very, I mean, a hardworking, uh, gregarious, funny uh, trailblazer. Mm-hmm. But like he, he wasn't, like he was anchoring the evening sports or he was, I mean, he was on once in a while, Cabby on the street and Cabby presents and stuff and great fun stuff. But it's not like a, a major anchor of ours or a play-by-play guy who went to the States forever, like Jay and Dan did years ago, picked up and left. I don't know how long Cabby's been gone for. What show years. did he leave? Honest to God, because uh, I care nothing about sports gambling and sports betting, uh, I have no idea. Okay, so in the meantime, Cabral Richards is back. He signed a deal with Sportsnet. It's beautiful because he'll 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 be on all the Sportsnet shows, TV shows, radio shows, right? right? Tim he'll and be friends a guest. and those things. Tim yeah. and friends and right. and the Fan Five Ninety and and all because he knows all those people, and especially Tim and friends because Cabby and Tim I don't say grew up together, but yeah, pretty close. They were interns and assistants at the Score when I was there, right? And all around the same age and. And everybody seems to like Cabby. Like, I, I, everybody seems Great. to be happy to see him. Not a kid, but a super nice guy. <laughs> right. And let's be honest, as innovative as they come, because unless he managed to convince the folks at the score to let him go out on the street with a camera and do stuff with athletes or about sports, offbeat stuff, I mean, that was great stuff. But the, the other networks weren't doing that. 
TSN wasn't doing that. Sportsnet wasn't doing that. But the score was doing stuff like that. They right. Besides running highlights all the time. Yeah, like stuttering. I anchored on the score for about a year. It's it, it was a whole different thing. So Cabby really got his feet wet there when he was allowed to, given the opportunity to, you know, show what he could do in a very, very fun, like a fun environment. Like you ask Jerry D, ask uh, any of these guys that, you know, here's a camera, mm-hmm. get out in the street. Do, they're called streeters. Do sure. a man on the street or a woman on the street. Ask silly questions or ask questions that require weird answers or I don't know, but give us that stuff for the street. It's cheap programming. It's easy to do if you've got the right person holding the microphone. It's gold, Jerry. Right. Gold. Right. Hey, did you ever watch a show called The Buzz with uh, Darren Jones and Mr. Moe? Does this resonate no. with you? Okay. I know who Darren Jones is. Yeah, yeah. some sports? Well, he's now like on, I don't know, one of those 92.5 or something. Uh, but he, this this show, Darren Jones and uh, Miss Demo, was, was exactly that. And I always oh. think, when I think about the streeters, I always think of Stuttering John, right? This is what Howard Street, it's really best. cheap programming. Just throw him out there and, and yeah, go. The, the, the best Stuttering John I ever heard was back in the day where he had, gone to a baseball banquet, writer's banquet or whatever. And the legendary Ted Williams was there. Right. <clears throat> right. Ted Williams had no idea who stuttering John was, didn't know who Howard Stern was and right. didn't know that he was going to be pranked. And so stuttering John is doing the interview and, and, you know, Stern does the introduction and says, all right, so stuttering John went to the baseball writers hall of fame dinner, blah, blah, blah. And he ran into the legendary Ted Williams. And then they roll the tape and you hear stuttering John go, hello, Mr. Williams. Can I do an I'm stuttering John from Howard Stern. So Williams, like, oh, all right, sure. And Stuttering John says, uh, d- 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 the year that you 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 hit 406 in dementia, what, what was that like? You know, so Williams going, well, blah, 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 blah. And then he asks another softball question, and Williams answers that. And then he goes, did, did, did you ever, did you ever, did you ever fart, fart in the catcher's face? <laughs> and there's a pause. <laughs> and what the hell kind of question is that? Who the hell are you? It was brilliant. Yes, I've heard that one. That's absolutely brilliant. Well, let's job. let's speak to this uh, the gambling uh, gambler, as I call him on The Simpsons, but that seems to be taking over sports media. Is this the future of sports media in this country? Gambling? Yes. When I see Nastat Natasha Staniszewski doing ads for a gambling site that I've never heard of, and popping up in people's living rooms right. while watching the games on these commercials. Hi, I'm Natasha Staniszewski. You remember me from TSN and um, you know, go to bet whatever it is. Um, boat, boat. No, it's not boat dog. Anyway. Um, and so she, the in the commercial, <clears throat> there's people sitting on a couch watching a game and then the camera pans over and there's Natasha sitting there like those McCain wedges commercials. Remember? Of course. She, <laughs> Hi, I'm here. And she's sitting on the couch cheering with them. So they've taken that idea and they've said, come on, Natasha, you'll be, the spokesperson for this gambling site, which I think is Western Canadian based because I think she's back in Alberta now. And I'm like, oh, okay. So Cabby's coming back, not to do Cabby on the street, although who knows what it's going to look like, whatever the show he's on, but it's going to be about gambling so that every game, every player, every play, you can make a bet on. And that's what they want to do. Single event betting is now here. It's legal. You can bet on one game. You can bet on the Leafs. Every game. Right. If you're a Leaf fan, you can bet against the Leafs and hedge your bets. So if the Leafs lose, you can make money, right? I know people like that. They're thrilled if the Leafs win because they're, they're Leaf fans. They don't mind losing money if the Leafs win. But if the Leafs lose, they want to make some money. Interesting. It happens too often. Like hedging it's your weird. bets. Well, that's, yeah, it's to weird. me, that means yeah. you'll never be fully satisfied. Well, that's not hedging your bet, Mike. No. Because okay. unless they okay, had money make, on the yeah. Leafs. Right, but your so heart. So it's the emotional <laughs> investment versus the financial investment. Right. Interesting. You see what I'm saying? Well, like how much would you pay yeah. for the Leafs to win the Stanley Cup? Is that a real question? Yes. Uh, zero. Like okay. if I, if I, if I, you're said, not a gambler though, but I wouldn't pay a, to me if, if it happened because I bet on it or whatever, that's not the way it's supposed to happen. It's supposed to happen organically, right. you know, so I have no interest in making it happen. It needs to actually right. happen right. if you will. Right. So to get people to watch games and thereby spend their money on the sponsors products or services, the games that they're watching, to get those eyeballs, you got to have something more than, oh, Columbus is playing Phoenix. You got to have teasers. You got to have bets. You got to have something going so that you'll watch that game. And when you watch that game or listen to that game, you're going to hear those sponsors' commercials and you're going to go, oh, I'm going to buy that product or call about that service or whatever. And that's what they want. So even though it's a meaningless game and you right. don't care 
you don't have any um, emotional investment right. in either team. You got a couple of bucks going on the game, man. And you nailed it because it's on TV. What am I doing for two and a half hours on a Thursday night? I'm going to watch the hockey game. Maybe make a couple of bucks. And let's face it, so long as these, you know, these DraftKings and Bodogs and these other players, so long as they're spending millions and millions of dollars, these, uh, you know, TSN and Sportsnet are very happy to cash these checks and they'll build shows around it if the money's there. So that's why you got Mac Cause hosting a three-hour show Monday through Friday on TSN all about gambling and betting because the, the companies that want to reach that audience are going to pay for it. But Mike, also the teams that are playing in those games, the players are all promoting gambling sites. They know. The NFL knows. They've known for years. Now, let's just open it up. It's the Wild West. Let's go. How much money can we make? How much money are advertisers willing to spend to have their patches on our jerseys or helmets or whatever it is? Mike, it's open season. The amount of money that's being made by college kids alone just for promoting anything and putting it on their social media sites so that their thousands and millions of followers will follow them and buy those products that they're endorsing. Are you kidding me, man? We are so, we're a bunch of suckers anyway. We're so easily influenced as human beings. Is this the future of Hebsey on sports? Is this going to become no. a gambling podcast? Because no, 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 you no. might need a new co-host. No gambling lines, nothing. <laughs> Have you ever heard me say it? No. I mean, maybe once in a while, it seems a six and a half point pick or whatever, but not often at all. Of because course. I love it for the sport, not because I can right. gamble on it. Anyway. right. right. Adam Seaborn, who I follow on Twitter because he's a noted media watcher who tracks sports and gambling and advertising, predicts that TSN Radio 1050 will not exist 12 months from now. Outside of the show Overdrive, he says there's virtually no audience for the radio station. Like, what do you think? You think they're just conceding defeat to Fan 590? Are they worried maybe that a sports podcast hosted by some hack former TV anchor from a previous generation might be drawing way more listeners than there for cuck the radio station. Yeah. They don't care. They don't care if there's any listeners. I feel like it's, it's literally there. They make their money on the TV side at TSN and that that station will exist beyond. I'll take that bet against uh, what's the gentleman's name, Adam. I'll take that bet that TSN radio is around uh, beyond 12 months because it just needs to exist. It doesn't have to have listeners. Why? Andy Petrillo decided to leave Leafs lunch a show she had anchored for many, many years. She said she needed a better work-life balance. Is it possible that they said, look, Andy, we can't afford to pay you. We don't want to pay anybody except for Jeff O'Neill, Brian Hayes, and Jamie McLennan, oh, whoever's doing our morning show this week. Without a doubt. And Matt, a doubt. Matt Cause gets no money. He only gets gambling vouchers. He gets paid in gambling money. Well, he probably I, makes some money from that gambling. No, no, too. no. He, I'm telling you. He's like, getting paid wait, in a, gambling dollars. Is that that speculation? Three thousand a week, whatever it is, gambling dollars. Got to gamble it. I don't know. I'm kidding. But, okay. but I got to clarify that's these. That's things. possibly that's the way it is. <laughs> I don't think that's a big paying gig. I don't think anybody there's making any kind of money. Right. No. TSM Andy Petrillo left because it was a lot of work for very little money. Yeah, without a doubt. And she yeah, has exactly. other things going on. Who wants the, it was more. See, that's the other thing. How many people, Mike, do you know? that pre-pandemic we're working this, doing this much work for this much salary. And now it seems that they're doing a lot more work for the same amount of money. And right. there's no opportunity to make more like the, your, their bosses basically said, look, you ain't going to be making more money. Forget that. But we are going to ask you to do more work. And eventually you go, okay, I've reached the point where I don't want to do this work for this little amount of money. And I think that's, you're right. That's where Andy Petrillo and, and others who are leaving, I can't make any money, but I can make money if I'm, you know, doing stuff for a gambling site. That's where the money is. Not in terrestrial broadcasting, but in being part of a show that's sponsored by a gambling site. They'll pay you the money. They will pay you the money to promote their site. Yes. Gamble with us. That's where the money is. They're throwing so a the lot money of money around. Every sport you're talking about, you're talking about a betting line on that game. That sport could be a tennis match. I just did a bunch of commercials for uh, a particular betting site. I can't say which one okay. where they use my voice for like tennis stuff. Like, you know, yep. Everything 40, 30 match point. I mean, I don't, I'm, you can bet on tennis. Of course you can bet on tennis. You can bet on what, how many sets it go, how many points, like what, how, how many, many aces, aces are served, yeah, how many enforced errors. Are, yes, you can. Yep. You can bet on all those things. Anything. So I'm going to watch a tennis match between the 152nd ranked female and then 89th rank, neither of whose names I can pronounce. I don't even know what countries they're from, but I can bet on anything. 
because I got nothing else to do on a on a Friday night at like eleven thirty at night, and there's a tennis match on from Moldova or something like that. So, I, but I can bet on it. Can That's you where things are going to go? Can you get? Uh, can you bet on pickleball? <laughs> Soon you will be able to. We had a fantastic pickleball match when we were in Peterborough. As a matter of fact, it was a pickup pickleball match. I want to play. I want to play. I've never played. Like I want to. At some point, I need to make my pickleball debut, and I'd like to do it with Pepsi Man. Well, go get a racket. <laughs> Is that okay. it? Okay, find a court. <laughs> I don't. Okay, I need and, somebody um, to coach me through it, though. I'm not. No, I'm not going to look. I got my own problems. <laughs> I'm not a pickleball coach. I love the sport. I enjoy the workout. The camaraderie, the social aspect of it. Doubles is a lot of fun. Good workout. Singles is a great workout. But, you know, sorry, Mike, I'm not at the stage in my life where I'm going to teach you or advise you on your pickleball career. Hey, quick questions coming in live on your YouTube channel from Andrew Ward. And he's asking, did Natasha get rehired by TSN? So for the record, Natasha is just working for a gambling company. And I guess she shows up wherever they buy ad space. Yeah, the commercials, I I guess it was, it could have been on Sportsnet. It could have been on TSN. I don't know. Okay. Do you remember uh, where you saw the commercials? Well, okay. I I was going to ask you about Chris Johnston real quick, because it sounds like Chris, I mean, it sounds like his contract was not renewed by Sportsnet. And then he found a new gig working essentially for what sounds like it's a gambling site like yes he'll be in the toronto star but i think that's paid for by this gambling site too like i think mm-hmm. chris johnston is also and I, even kiprios i think so kiprios is now working for some gambling site it seems like this is the afterlife for mainstream media sports personalities they can get money from this gambling uh right consortium well if they have a, a platform like we do here like if i did nfl picks every week they pretty much guarantee you that one of the gambling sites was hey like let's make it Sponsored by Bodog. Right. As long as you're talking. But I don't normally do it. Would I do it as a commercial venture? Sure, it would fit into the structure of the show. Yeah. I don't think the listeners would mind if, you know, um, hey, you're talking about Crosswinds Golf and how much you love it there and you have for years and they're a sponsor of yours. And, you know, a lot of the listeners have played at Crosswinds or told their friends, hey, check it out because Hebsey endorses it. That, you know, like anything else, the company would have to be a solid company and it would have to be something that I enjoy anyway. And I do enjoy watching sports on TV. I, I do not, I'm not a better per se, but it doesn't mean I wouldn't accept money from a company to talk about their website and to go to that website and see all the different things. Maybe it's not just single game gambling. Maybe it's other things. Maybe it's a uh, enter a draft with your friends and see if your fantasy team is better than their fantasy team. And that's where gambling websites are not as they appear to be. They're set up as a whole, a full kind of a a menu that has many, many options. You don't have to just gamble and bet your money with us on a game. You can invest your time and, and money with us in other ways. You can join a pool. You can play a contest, you know, all that kind of stuff. Come on over. We got freebies for you. And that's what draws people. You mean I get a $10 betting voucher? I don't have to spend it just for joining? Whatever it is. Right. We want to get you in the door. We want to get you to our website. We want you to see the numerous possibilities of being part of this gambling website or this site. How much you're going to enjoy it. Your community of friends that also like to gamble on games. Uh, And we're going to have you tweeting out and going on social media, telling people about your wonderful experience with this betting site and how great that victory was by the giants last night blah 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 great i wouldn't mind if they've got the money and it's a product or a service that i think is a good one and I'd be interested in then yeah of course man happy 250th hebsey it's been a pleasure to be a part of these 250 episodes and i hope we do 250 more thank you mike and thank you to the listeners so that'll do it. Episode 250. 250 down and 250 more to go. Hope you enjoyed this special anniversary edition. And it really was. We had guests lined up. We had <laughs> stories to tell. Uh, and thanks, as always, to Toronto Mike for production and inspiration and, and for the kind words. Uh, I couldn't have done any of the 250 episodes without you. No, I mean it. I, could, I couldn't. Technically. there. <laughs> Thanks also to our fabulous sponsor, Crosswinds Golf and Country Club in Burlington. Go to crosswindsgolf.com and book your tee time online today. And this space available 
If you are an advertiser or you're thinking of advertising your product or service, look me up. And the numbers have never been better. I see the numbers, uh, never been better. And the, the, the community is, uh, really engaged too. So step up now or you'll live to regret it. Thank you, Mike. Thank you all. Thanks for allowing us into your headspace. Back with another edition of Hebsey on Sports next week. Until then, so long for now. This podcast has been produced by TMDS and accelerated by Rome Phone. Rome Phone brings you the most reliable virtual phone service to run your business and protect your home number from unwanted calls. Visit romephone.ca to get started.